Friday, Luya to you on the Piero Pelka podcast. Mike here, and I am happy that we have made it to the end of the week. Pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a little love. I'm not talking about self-love. I'm just saying congratulate yourself. Don't get too crazy here, people. But uh, we're, we're going to spend some time with our good friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, because there are always big stories in the automotive world. Before I bring Lauren in here, I, I have to play a clip from yesterday's press conference in the White House because the automotive world was front and center yesterday. I'm wondering if the president is thinking about putting, making the beast electric. So that's a, certainly a question for G, GSA and service, uh, uh, Secret Service, obviously, but uh, we are committed uh, to boosting public and private access to electric vehicles. And today's announcement would save taxpayer dollars and help tackle uh, the climate crisis. Uh, but as it relates to the beast, that's something for GSA and Secret Service. So GSA and Secret Service, uh, we didn't get any opinion of the president about an electric version of the beast. And I think somebody who will have a much more educated opinion on this is our friend Lauren Fix, the car coach, who you can find on Twitter X, on Instagram, on Facebook, and most importantly on her YouTube channel, Car Coach Reports, and she's with us now. Hello, Lauren. Hello. Yeah, I, I, I don't think you're ever gonna see the beast become electric. It's great all in theory, but the weight is absolutely, it's super heavy because it's bulletproof. I mean, you'd want your president to be in a bulletproof vehicle, but it's yeah. never going to happen. Yeah, well, just imagine the extra weight from car batteries, which is substantial in itself, now added to all the protective gear on the beast, as you said, bulletproof. And I think the underneath is supposedly like bombproof, IED proof. It is. So that car, do you have any idea how much that weighs? It's got to be the heaviest car on the road. It pretty close. Well, as far as vehicles, yes, it's, it's close to 20,000 pounds. So that's wow. the same as like four V, you know, Genesis <laughs> G90 sedans. I mean, this, this has been brought up before, you know, this is not the first time. This is almost like we kind of call it a joke in our industry because it's like, really? I mean, you've got special gas tank. You've got the secure windows with oxygen tanks and blood supply. I mean, it's made of Kevlar, state-of-the-art communication system. All this stuff is weight. You know, it, it's not just a regular vehicle. It's, it's protected with steel and ceramic armor. I mean, bulletproof glass, all that is super thick, super heavy. So, yeah, I, I don't think that will happen. But then again, I will have no comment about the press secretary because I don't think she's the sharpest tack in the box. Yeah, not even close. Uh, every other tack <laughs>, laughs at her. But I, I'm more intrigued by this. And one day I hope we'll get to ride in the presidential limo. I don't know how that's going to happen, but one day. Because I hear there's a toilet actually in the presidential really? limo. Did Yeah. That was one of the rumors that was kicking around. Now, you said it's bulletproof. Why don't they just get a Tesla uh, truck? One of the Because that's not really bulletproof. That's kind of <laughs> sort of. Listen, you want to protect your president no matter whom it is. Yes. You want to make sure you protect your leader because that would be a real massive issue. So, I mean, after JFK got assassinated, they don't uh, – they don't make it so easy for people to get access yeah. to the president, which yeah. is probably a good thing. It's a great thing. No more convertibles. Yeah. That that was just a, a really bad move. And, and now we have these very safe, secure presidential limos. And with some of the problems with electric vehicles, some of the, 
the uh, nuances around operating an electric vehicle, you certainly don't want to say, well, we'd like to move the president, but uh, we got to wait another 30 minutes to get 100 miles out of the supercharger. <laughs> it's just not Oh, smart. my gosh. What a target that would be. We're charging right now. Could you just wait for us while we, we're at the charging station? It would be so obvious. I mean, you would put your, your leaders at risk, whoever it is, whoever yeah. you're trying to protect. I mean, it, it sounds great on the surface, but it's just as dumb as going with electric tanks, which is the same kind of dumb idea. While we're charging, well, the enemy knows exactly where we are. What are we doing? That's just absurd. So I, I think electric doesn't work in every case. It doesn't work in commercial applications, even though they're those that have sold them and those that have bought them. I think it was like, was it Coca-Cola? Somebody bought a bunch of those electric uh SU, gigantic trucks the big commercial trucks and they've had nothing but problems because they take like two days to charge it's like wow it's, like, it's ridiculous and then if they have a problem with the weather or the anything on the roadway like snow i mean it's just going to use up the battery quicker then you've got to add the weight of whatever it is you're supposed to be transporting unless you're transporting feathers i don't think that's going to work <laughs> yeah bad idea but it's interesting it keeps coming up in the white house in the press briefing right. We'll, we'll uh, continue to monitor that and report to you as well. Lauren, um, you were sounding the alarm bell this week on the Car Coach Reports YouTube channel, and uh, I caught this, and I, I think a lot of people need to pay attention to this, but you're pointing out that uh, cars are about to get more expensive, and uh, it's um, the blame can be squarely placed on the government, or am I exaggerating? No, you're not exaggerating. There's a multitude of reasons. Well, one says, well, it's because of the UAW. All right, yes, labor is a huge factor when it comes to the cost of anything, whether you're building widgets or cars. So you've got not just that, is you've got all the benefits that you have to give the retirees as well as those that work there. And that's part of doing business, and we all know that. But then you've got all your overhead costs, and that would be turning on the lights. Well, electricity is more expensive. It's up as high as 40% in California. That's mm. a lot. Yeah. And, and don't forget electricity, hello, charging electric cars. You know, again, you get more people using the grid, there's more demand, the price goes up. It's pretty 101 economics. So beyond that, you've got recession, inflation on a lot of different items. I know that the mainstream media is saying, there's no recession, there's no inflation. Yes, there is inflation. The cost of loaf of bread is a lot more than it was four years ago or 10 years ago. And every time things get more expensive, whatever it might be, the, the cost of tires, the cost of wheels, the cost of drive lines, whether it be electric, gasoline powered or otherwise, plus of course, getting those things from point A to point B costs more because fuel costs more, just keeps adding up. And and every other expense and every other regulation that the government puts into place, you're gonna pay for that. It's part of the cost of a vehicle. So the result to you is, I think the big problem is, you wanna buy an entry level pickup truck. I just need a truck to do the job. Well, those are harder to find. If you go to the dealer, you're going to find the ones that have like air conditioning and ventilated seats and a glass roof and this and that. And you're like, well, I don't want all that stuff. I just need like a vehicle. There's less and less of those when it comes to normal vehicles, cars, SUVs, and trucks, because it's too expensive to make them. If they're going to make money, they, they want them loaded. So you, that's why when you go to the dealer and you find a half-ton truck at $100,000, you're like, that's ridiculous. That's not – that becomes – a luxury car at that point. Yeah. So there's very few cars that are under 20,000. The ones that are there are going away. The only one that's really doing pretty well is Nissan Versa, 
which was under 20,000. They just raised the price for this year. It's going to be at 22, but it's still the most reasonable price vehicle. It may not be what you want. So I don't want a Nissan Versa. I want like a normal size sedan. You're already into the $30,000 range. And the result of that is companies like uh, Stellantis who makes Jeep, they're not going to make the Renegade here anymore. It just it it's too expensive to make it here in the U.S. So that makes the entry level the Liberty because the entry level was around twenty thousand dollars. It's now coming in at thirty four. Wow. Well, thirty four. You might as well just buy a Liberty. It starts at thirty four. So I I think that people are starting to realize that it's going to make less product available in the market for you, less choices available for you. And hey, if they want to go all electric. Watch them all become fully loaded cars. And the used car market is about to get more expensive. Really? So not only do we have to worry about the new car market, we have to worry about another spike in the price of used cars. Yeah, but it won't come down. I mean, used cars went up because of the chip shortage, right? People went to the dealer, sorry, we don't have any new cars. So they then looked at used cars, maybe two years old. But to give you an idea, my son's looking at a car around $30,000. It's used. He's been all over the internet. He goes, there's not much out there. I said, I know, it's ridiculous. And beyond that, what he's looking for is an all-wheel drive SUV. He's not looking for anything crazy. And he says he can't find anything. So, you know, I've been out there looking with him. I mean, yeah, there's stuff out there, but you don't know what you're getting. You know, anything that's on eBay, you want to make sure that you get uh, an independent person to look at it before you make a purchase unless it's from a certified dealer and it's a certified pre-owned. Again, that makes it way more than $30,000. And and the more you look, the more you start to realize how expensive everything's getting. And that's not just that. His insurance is up, too. Because to replace that car, whatever you buy a $20,000 brand new whatever, and you have an accident or somebody hits you, um, and you go to the dealer or you go to the repair, and the insurance company is going to be higher because the cost of the materials is higher, the cost of the labor is higher. See, everything goes up. It's not a good rising tide. But when insurance gets more expensive, it costs you more money. And when you need a repair, it could put you in the risk pool, which is not a good place to be. I've been there once. Yeah. Not because of an accident. Someone stole my car. But they put you in the risk pool because of that. Uh, so, I mean, these are kind of things you got to think about. Uh, you know, maybe you should keep the vehicle you have. Just remember my rule of thumb. If you've got the vehicle and you're thinking, you know, I kind of like this vehicle, but I'm going to get look at something new. If you have need repairs and the repairs are more than the value of the vehicle, like if you need $10,000 repair and the car's worth $5,000, don't put the money into it. Take the money, get rid of the vehicle you have, and find something that's better. But the problem is finding that. So you're going to have to do some research, take your time, and make sure to get an ASC certified technician. Check it out before you make a decision because they're going to tell you, hey, it's going to need brakes. It's going to be a thousand bucks. It's going to need a transmission or whatever it might be. At least you'll know in advance. Yeah, that's it's always good to go to a, a certified mechanic, find somebody you trust, somebody your neighbors trust, and get a car checked out, a used car checked out before you buy it. Lauren, before we go, you mentioned Stellantis earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, during during all the strike stuff, and you we were talking about all the various proposals and settlements and who was going to settle and who was going to hold on and hold tight. One of the things you mentioned very early on was Stellantis could easily just say, we're going to move production elsewhere if it becomes too expensive to do it here. And Thursday, Mm -hmm. they announced that, in fact, that's what they were doing. You talked about it with the Jeeps. I have to tell people, this is why we talked to Lauren Fix. She knows what's going on in the business. This is why you go to the car coach reports. 
YouTube channel because that's where you get the car smarts. And then you listen whenever Lauren's hanging out with me. My friend, as always, thank you for the, uh, the intelligence and uh, the insight. And is there anything you're driving this week that we should look forward to hearing about next week? Yes, I am going to be posting the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe, completely different. Like, do you think you know what a Santa Fe is? You see this and you're like, what is that? That is not the same. That's going up this week. Uh, I have the Rolls Royce Spectre up if you want to drool on some overpriced cars. And I'm also going to be putting up a story this week on the $7.5 billion from the infrastructure bill that was supposed to put in 500,000 EV chargers and stations with your tax dollars. Guess how many there are? Zero. And we'll talk about that as well. <laughs> Great. Lauren Fix is the car coach. Find her, follow her. Thank you, my friend. Thank you.